When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tommy, it's been a really crazy week. Both you and I have been out of the office looking at new cars. You flew to L.A. and I flew to Dallas. Well, actually, Plano. That's right, yeah, and we've been looking at cars from a couple of different manufacturers, and in this video, we're telling you about the news you need to know. Yeah, these are going to be the latest and greatest both electric BMWs and electric and gasoline-powered um, Toyotas. So uh, the ones we're going to be covering, what did you go see in uh, L.A.? Well, I saw two brand new BMWs. So the BMW i4, yep. which is an all-electric sports coupe, and then the new BMW iX, which is a ground-up EV SUV. You were actually there for the world debut. Well, yes. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, and I was there for the world debut, this is true, of the brand new Toyota Corolla Cross. Okay. Um, and for the American debut of the um, GR86. That's right, yeah. So we're going to go over all the details you need to know. We're going to talk about what our initial impressions are, and you're not going to want to miss this one. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about two other vehicles that I saw. Uh, I saw a really cool uh, Lexus LX that Toyota has done up like a concept. Um, and, of course, the all-electric Toyota uh, Beyond Zero BZ4X. What a horrible name. Sorry, Toyota. <laughs> I had to think long and hard on that one. Uh, and so uh, before we get to that, Tommy, can I tell you about an epiphany I had? Yeah, what's your epiphany? Well, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and one of my favorites is actually Seen Through Glass. He's this British car dude who does one with like a, like a high-end exotic car uh, salesman or owner of a dealership. I'm not sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, in UK, if you're a car guy or car gal, you know what they're called? What? They're called petrol heads. Okay. Right? And the problem with that is sometimes language defines the way you think about things. And if you consider yourself a petrol head in the UK, if you're listening to this, then you know, you're not into the vehicle or the car per se, but you're into what powers it, right? What defines you is not the vehicle, but what powers it. And the epiphany that I had is I don't really care what powers it. I don't care if it's electricity, if it's hydrogen, if it's gasoline, if it's diesel, if it's 1,400 rabbit squirrels you know, on a treadmill. I care about the vehicle. To me, the vehicle is important. So I, I, you know, uh, I, was, um, I was talking to some friends at the Toyota uh, program this week, and they had a lot of journalists there, by the way, like almost 100. Uh, and, you know, one of the executives there made a comment that was kind of interesting. They said that, you know, electric vehicles are soulless. I disagree. I think they've got just a different kind of soul. So I don't care, you know, how it's powered. What I care about is that it's a car your, or a truck. Your reasoning makes no sense. What do you mean? Well, what do you call car enthusiasts here in the States? Uh, what? Gearheads. 
Well, every and, car has gears. And well, not really. Elect- so, there's always no a gear electric in a car. cars are are direct drive, aren't they? <laughs> there's a, there's even a gear in you know there's gears meshing in that electric car. I, ha- I have to say that is one of the silliest reasonings uh, you've ever made about. Really? Yes, I think I, I've met a lot of UK petrol heads that are super in electric cars. Um, so I, I disagree with that. I think that doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Interesting, uh, interesting point there you tried to make. Um, no, I think it's a good point. I think if you're into cars, you're into cars, and what powers them is irrelevant. Well, yeah, but petrol head is just like saying car enthusiast. No, it's saying you, you know, petrol defines. It's not petrol car. It's petrol head. It's but what defines James you. James May is a big petrol head, and he drives electric cars. But he petrol is gasoline. You're, I know. You're defining yourself as somebody who loves gasoline. Petrol head. It's just it's just a colloquial term. But but the way people no, it's not. It's the way you define something. So it's the way what you about, think about something. What about James May? He's what a, about I don't. I mean, he's a big fan of EVs. He's a petrol head. He's a petrol head who loves electric cars. Yeah. How does that work? Well, because there's always outliers, and if there's anybody who's an outlier, it's James May from Top Gear. I don't know, Dad. I think that's some seriously questionable reasoning there. All right. Well, let's let's start with um, let's start with the BMWs. Huh? So, uh, actually, before we start with that, if you guys are listening to this and you enjoy it uh, on uh, our you know Apple Podcast or one of the other. Uh, platforms that this appears on and you want to help support the team we would greatly appreciate it head on over to patreon slash tfl car okay and become a subscriber and you'll get early access to a lot of our videos uh, and you'll get our uh, internal gratefulness if you notice we do not have commercials on this if you listen to most podcasts you got to either fast forward through or sit through like it's getting ridiculous now like you know 20 minutes of commercials before you actually get to the real content and here you know, you get the stuff right away, and the reason we're doing it that way is because you know we want to keep it um, keep it you know commercial free as much as we can. And the way that we do that is by having people like our Patreons help support, or patrons help support basically the channel uh, and this podcast. Uh, so you know, it, it's not monetized over at least YouTube monetizes we put up on YouTube, but it's not monetized on the audio version of it, so we'd really appreciate your support. It's worth noting, though, we are calling out other podcasts for doing commercials while doing our own commercial. For, for Yeah, but it's like NPR mm-hmm. model, right? Interesting. It's like an NPR Interesting. Model. Oh, for God's sake. Very suspicious today here. All right. Uh, th- at least we don't do, like, you know, three-day marathons. <laughs> A whole, whole three weeks of podcasts asking you to become a supporter. Let's get to the BMWs. So tell me about the two. First, let's start with the uh, the one that I'm looking at, which is the one over my shoulder, which I take it as the iX. That is a bold grill, my man. So the iX is the more interesting of the two. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk about that one second, actually. All right. So the first one is the i4. Um, the i4 is a four-door sedan mm-hmm. that is largely based on the 4-series gasoline car. And there may not be a brand new 4 Series Grand Coupe, but if there is one coming, it will probably look like this. So it's all electric. It still has the big kidney grills, as you pointed out in the front. Um, rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive forms. Starts at about $56,000. The rear-wheel drive one will go from 0 to 60 in 5.7 seconds. The all-wheel drive one, which is called the M50, will do it in under 4 seconds. It's got over 500 horsepower. The range is estimated to be 300 miles in its highest configuration, 81 kilowatt hour battery, it's got fast charging, um, and I think it it looks really good. What's the rate on the charging, do you remember? 200 kilowatts is yeah, the okay. peak rate. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the big news, of course, was that the Ionic 5 just came out, and that had a potential charge rate at 800 volts of uh, 350 
But, you know, we've had a number of electric cars, and the highest speed I've ever seen on our Tesla is 168, I think. Well, it's all about the state of charge of the battery and the yeah, temperature outside. So the, that, that top number is a little misleading. It, it doesn't mean a lot. And there's also the question about the curve, because they typically charge quickly at first and then slowly ramp down or quickly sure. ramp down. So we'll have to see what that's like on the BMW. But I like the i4 because it's basically uh, what you'd expect in a gasoline-powered Beamer that just happens to be electric. So it's very familiar. The shifter is familiar. The interior is familiar. The steering wheel, the, the way you turn it on. I mean, it's all very... Is there a frunk? There's no frunk. There's no frunk. It's all kind of very comfortable and, and easy to understand. And you said rear wheel or all wheel? Yes, okay, both. Okay, both. Yes, yeah, so it's got... Um, uh, two motor or one motor? Two motors or one motor. That's exactly right. Starts at about 56,000. Yeah. So there's one called the E-Drive 40i yeah. and then the M50i. What's the battery size? 81. That's pretty good. Kilowatt hours. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, liquid-cooled. BMW is very proud of this. They build their own motors in-house, so some folks outsource that, but they build their own electric They've motors. They've always done, you know, Honda and BMW, that's how they started. Yeah. By becoming engine. They're very passionate about yeah. that. BMW and the drive gear, too. I don't think they do the batteries. BMW but, um, started as an airplane engine manufacturer. Yeah, right. but Honda it's cool. started as a motorcycle. I like it a lot because I think that um, for a lot of folks, cars like the um, Polestar 2 and the, the Tesla Model 3, which this competes with, are a little bit too out there, a little bit too wacky, and a little bit too weird. And the i4 is much more conservative, and it's got the new iDrive 8 system. So it's got a 12.3-inch display and a 14-inch display that are under one piece of curved glass. They're very excited about that. It's going to have 5G capability. Um, and it's been redesigned. Overall, I think the i4 looks like a winner. When is it available? It will be available starting the first quarter of next year. So I believe they're going to start building them in November of this year, mm. and then uh, they'll be around next year. Okay. All right. And talk to me about this one, the iX. That's the one I've been seeing in all the commercials. I've saw, you know I've been watching a lot of like like downhill skiing, and they have it. It's all over the place. Yeah. And and Bob, I think they sponsor the you know the bobsledding in. Federation. It looks cool. It looks like it's, you know, another mid-size crossover. Well, so the i4 is largely based on the gasoline platform right. that they converted this is all to new. electric. The iX is ground up new electric like, platform. Like the i3 and the i8. Exactly. Yeah, exactly like that. It's made out of a um, really interesting uh, carbon reinforced plastic monocoque. So just like the i3, remember, mm -hmm. it's kind of that carbon fiber-ish monocoque. Um, it's about the size of an X5, so it's a big car. It is a big car. Very big car. Um, but height-wise, it's about the same as an X6. So dimensionally outside, X5 size, but height is X6. The uh, um, battery is 106 kilowatt hours usable. Mm -hmm. They're targeting 300 miles of range in this one. Also 200 kilowatts. Uh, also over 500 horsepower, and they're saying 0 to 60 in 4.6 seconds. Wow, yeah, it's quick. It's pretty good. I, I don't get why, uh, like, obviously this is competing with, like, the uh, potentially the, the Tesla Model X, right? It's yeah, so, bigger. so the price is 83200 yeah. starting. So you can get a Tesla Model X, right, uh, that it will do, if you get the performance, which is more expensive, it's like 106 now, I think, 108. Uh, you, can, you can get that as quick as, I think, 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds. Uh, so why why is BMW just letting Tesla? There's there's no reason to let Tesla be that quick. It's just a matter of really you know uh, an algorithm that runs in the background, right? They they can use more power to send more power to the 
motors to give you a quicker acceleration, why wouldn't BMW be like, we're not going to take it from Tesla, we're going to make it as quick as a Tesla? Okay, so a couple things. Yeah. First of all, this one doesn't compete with the performance. So this one competes with the long range. So the long range Model X is also about $83,000. Yeah, and how much, what does your 60 on it? 3.8. And this one's 4. 4.6. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's almost a second slower. Um, well, I yeah. think well, I think Tesla's being a little optimistic with their 0 to 60 times because when we tested ours, we could never get it on the Model X to the uh, Yeah, the, the problem with the Model time. X is it's got air suspension and you got to put it in a slower setting. Right, it's a little seedy. Um, and the other thing too is Tesla's saying 360 miles on a single charge, which is also pretty suspect. I'm not sure a Model X will actually go 360 miles on a single charge. I, I, you know, to me, BMW builds performance machines, right? That's They're all hold about up, sport. Hold up, Yeah. Hang on, this yeah. isn't... They didn't say it, right. but I would be amazed if they didn't have an M version. I think there's going to be a much faster version of the iX. Yeah, it's too late. Tesla came out with that Model X like five years ago. There should be an M version out like four years ago. Well, who is buying big SUVs to go from zero to 60? There's there's going to be a specialized customer. This is not that person. Ah, uh, you know... Uh, you know, it's like it's like who's buying the X5M and who's buying the X6M. Well, the, it, it's, yeah. it, it sets the tone for the company, and it, it you know it, it kind of smacks down BMW's performance car cred. And when you've got a car that's brand new out of the box that's already slower than a Model X, I just kind of question well, you know wh why why isn't BMW saying you know we've had not 10 years of performance car development, but we've had whatever it is, 100 years, right? And we're going to show you what we can do. I think, first of all... That's what I want BMW. The, the smack, buyer, smack it down, dudes. The buyer of this car... Yeah. The buyer of this car and the base Model X aren't in it for the performance. I don't think that's why you're buying a base X. The Plaid, for sure. So there's a new Plaid Model X coming, which is $112,000. That but, one but is... I'm telling you, there's, like, I'm looking at this thing, and, I, I, and there's nothing, like for me at least, that makes it lustworthy. Right, and I, I'm a big BMW fan. I, you know, I love the brand. I think that the brand has built some of the best and most interesting cars in the last 50 years. But yet, I look at this, and I'm like, I'm like, if it's 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 not particularly like, you know, let's face it, with those big open kindy grill, it's very controversial, right? You did the video, it's up on TFL Car, and people were like, this thing's ugly. Well, wait till you see it in person. Okay. It looks much better in person. I didn't like it in pictures, I thought it was very ungainly, but in person, it's But But you see what I'm big. saying, there's, there's nothing in, in me that would be like, oh, I want that. Yeah, well, okay. First of all, it's not gonna fall apart, you know, like, you like know, a Model X. You know what made me want the Model X that we bought? What? And the stupid doors that don't work in the garage? No, no. Or the was, fact that the, was, trunk, when, the when, trunk wouldn't fit right? What, was, what motor, was the deciding factor? When Motor factor? Trend raced it against an Alfa Romeo, towing an Alfa Romeo, and it beat the Alfa Romeo. Remember that? Yes. In a drag strip. It, it was racing the... Uh, what was the, it was the um, but once again, this iX isn't the fast one. There, there might be a quicker one. Where is the fast one? one? Where is it? It will be coming eventually. Where? Where? Why do they have to reveal the fast one because, first? Because Tesla's out there like... like Cleaning their clock. Where is the fast one? All right, so let's talk about the interior. The i8 was very lustworthy. You the know, the i8 was slower than this. It was slower, but it was at least design-wise, it was just pure, beautiful sculpture on wheels. And get this, the iX has a... This is a box with a big grill. The iX has a lower drag coefficient than the i8. That's not going to make me want this, it. This car... That, that, that does nothing for my lust factor. Nothing. Have, have you been inside of this? Have you sat in the new iX? I have not. You should but probably I will never, sit I, one I will never you. Sit, But most people won't sit in it. They'll, they'll be like, how quick is it? What's, what makes it special? And if, if there's nothing, 
Uh, then you know. Anyway. So apart from Dad, the fanboy with Tesla. No, I'm not a fanboy. You are a fanboy. I'm not a fanboy. You are. I'm not a fanboy. I hate. I hate being called a fanboy because it's not true. You know, every inch of my inner being has no like uh, dog in the race with these cars. I am a fanboy of new tech, and I and I will you know tip my hat to when a manufacturer comes along and does something that's new and interesting and I've never seen. For instance, in this car, the most interesting video you did with it, which I watched, was that little BMW logo on the front. What does it do? Yeah, it opens up, and then that's where you pour the washer fluid. But that's gimmick. That's cool. That, that's I not love the that. Point see, of this see, car. I love that. So the point of this car is it's not it's not going to be bought by Tesla people. You know I'm not a fanboy also of Tesla because the you know the, the part that really um, was shocking was when Tesla and Musk started accepting Bitcoin and Bitcoin is like the worst environmental disaster right now that, that that's quietly happening because it uses more power in the quote-unquote mining than the entire state of New York does uh, and what I don't understand is when I was interviewing Mr. Musk about 10 years ago and he said the whole reason for Tesla's being was to help you know curb climate change and to help offset carbon emissions and then what does he do you know out of the blue he accepts the, the, the it's like it's like accepting coal as payment for a car it made absolutely no sense Look, that's why I'm not a fanboy Tommy there's right. only two things Tesla fans talk about what are the two things I don't know. Only I, two I, things. I, I'm not on Teslarati. I'm not on their website. You said one of the things over and over. What's there that? are two things what? that Tesla people come back to over what? and over. What? Zero to sixty. Yeah. So, so when we talk about the TRX, what do I talk about? Uh, well, yeah, that's a that's a race truck. What do I talk? Zero to sixty. That's is what this I talk a about. race car? But that's what I talk about. Is this a race car? It has nothing to do with Tesla. It just it's it's the way. Look, everybody, you know, everybody is out there. Like we just at Toyota, right? We had the chance to uh, take some cars. Uh, on the racetrack yesterday, right? And I chose not to do that because it's not my thing. And more importantly, I think most people out there uh, don't go and race cars around a racetrack because it's expensive, it's hard to do, uh, there's a certain level of skill to it. But what a lot of people do is either go to the drag strip because it's easy or they do you know, impromptu stoplight drag races. So to me, that, that number is much more important than necessarily the handling dynamics of a No vehicle. one is going to be bringing an IX to a drag strip. No, I can I, guarantee I you that. And that's so why does it matter? Why does the zero to sixty time matter? This is meant for people like my mom who drives an X five. She has never ever hit the overboost function on the X five. The X five is launch control. She has never used launch control in that car. Right, but so, so are you saying that that instead of selling it to you know this larger segment of buyers who are people like me, like your mom, you know, who are enthusiasts, you're just going to say, you know what, uh, this thing isn't for people like uh, enthusiasts. It's not for you know people who care about performance. It's only for women who are taking their kids to school. That's no, bullshit. It's, it's it's a luxury SUV. Why does it have to go zero to sixty? And a Rolls Royce doesn't do zero because to sixty. Because the competition in three does. The competition does. One of the competition does. The, com the, the, the e-tron is slower than this. The competition does. Yeah, and I, I, I somehow I don't understand. You know, it, this is another thing I don't understand, Tommy. And it, once again, nothing to do with Tesla fanboyism, but a lot to do with like like there is. So so much incredible hyper competition in every segment. So the Germans, right? There's no segment that the Germans will not compete in, even if it's like some weird segment, like you know, a two-door coupe or some you know weird two-door coupe hybrid with a hatchback, right? If BMW is building it, I promise you that Mercedes will do one uh, and Audi will do one. But yet, you know, the, the biggest competitor, which is Tesla, because let's face it, you know, once upon a time and forever, the three series was the go-to car. 
uh, for uh, most people who wanted a performance sedan, right? Car and Driver named it their car of the year for like 8,000 years in a row, and that was the standard. And then overnight, literally, the Model 3 became the standard for that. And that's because BMW did not directly compete with their car against the Tesla. And all those people for, who, for ages were buying 3 Series or renting them or you know, leasing them, all of a sudden said, you know, there's a cooler kid in town, and they all went that way. Okay, all I'm saying, I think the interior in this car was way nicer than the Model X. Yeah, okay. I that's... think, so it's got this really interesting and innovative interior. But that's not what BMW's known for. Where where the, well, we have never driven it. Right. This might be the best driving car in class. I hope it, so. It may be the worst, but it may be I the best. That, I hope so. I mean, it. I had, did talk to some people that drove the i4, because yeah. they were doing prototype drives of the i4, and apparently that's supposed to be incredible. It's supposed to be a really nice car to drive. Um, so I'm hoping the iX is the same way. But the interior is really cool. It's got this floating center console um, where there's, there's a pass-through. The uh, seat controls are these little crystals that are on the doors. It's got a, um, um, a steering wheel that's um, hexagonal like a jet. It's got that crazy wraparound screen, that, that curved glass screen. It's just a really cool interior. Look, there's problems with it, I agree. It, it, it won't charge on the Tesla supercharging network. That's I a just, big deal. I just think, deal. once again, it boils down to, I think that traditional automobile executives who are, let's face it, my age, have a really hard time wrapping themselves around the idea that today's cars are no longer powered by internal combustion engines or, uh, you know, or you can have a car that is not soulless that is also electric. I think they, they just, you know, when, you, when you're brought up with something and, and you live and breathe and eat, you know, petrol and the way that it works, whether it's a normally aspirated car, a supercharged car, and the way that, you know, you can produce power and, and the different ways you can, you know, make it uh, uh, rev differently. I mean, it's hard to, to take that and throw it out and then start from fresh and, and, and kind of have a different approach. But like I said to me, Tommy, it's about the vehicle, not about what powers it. Well, I think that BMW's done it with this. Okay, I really yeah. do. I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm within the brand about it. I mean, you can tell. You can tell when the brand folks are excited and when they're not. And I think for the most part, people were very excited with look, BMW look, about the iX. I'm going to be the first one to say, I love the BMW i3. I think I got a bad rap. I, you know, we bought one, uh, and I think uh, because of the kind of funky and maybe 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 modern, you know, ahead of its time kind of powertrain and layout, people didn't quite get it. But that's a fan, phenomenal car. And the one that I'm still lusting after is the i8. I think the i8 was also wonderful. I think that was a good combination of hybrid power. Uh, and you know the mini powertrain. Um, it's probably the sexiest car of the decade, if you were to ask me. See, that's where I disagree. I think the i8 was kind of a half-done approach. Mm -hmm. I thought the three-cylinder wasn't very good, and I thought the electric powertrain wasn't very good. I think that the iX is a lot. I mean, it was beautiful, but I think the iX is a lot I more wish, impressive. I, and I, you know, instead of like, I, I get that this is a much bigger market segment, but I wish BMW would have just taken the i8 and made it all electric. You know, taking it to the next level and had their had that be their halo car. Look, all I'm saying is, I know you think it's too slow, because I know you're always accelerating from four zero to sixty in four point six. That's that's the minimum apparently. Um, but just wait till they do an M. I think when they do the M, it's going to be yeah, pretty impressive. It, like I say, okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, you know, we'll reserve judgment. Uh, I, I'm I'm. You know, I haven't driven it, uh, and you're right. If it if it's better looking in person than it is, you know, on pictures, when it will it be available? Um, same thing. So it will go on sale starting spring of next year. All right. Yeah. So let's see. Let's wait and see until we get behind the wheel of one and, and withhold judgment, uh, and then we could do some. You know, you could do some back to back testing. We'll still hopefully have the Model Y by that point. Mm -hmm. Unless we have a Cybertruck instead of it, you know, we'll. we'll yeah. We'll, we'll. I yeah. I doubt that they're going to be out by then, but we'll see. 
And let's face it, if, if I did have a horse in this race, then it certainly wouldn't be Tesla that got rid of their entire PR department, right? So they don't, they, they're not I'm, exactly... I'm just saying you're overwhelmingly positive about Tesla. They're not Nine. exactly working with journalists right now to On help the, us out. <laughs> and people will back me up in the, the TFL Talk comment section. All right. You're overwhelmingly positive no, about I'm Tesla. No, I also was, you know, early adopter of the Macintosh, and it, it, it got out of control at one point, too. You know, it, it's funny, these companies start out... Like even Google, right? Do no damage, do no evil, right? It starts out with this kind of really uh, great mission statement, comes up with really innovative products, and then something along the way happens, and it becomes, you know, corporate like everybody else. Yeah, it's true. <coughs> All right, let's talk about where I went. Okay, yeah, where'd you go? I, got, I went to the uh, Toyota headquarters in Plano, Texas, and uh, they had a whole bunch of new products that they were unveiling. I mean, there were like a, almost, I think it was 100 journalists there, uh, and they had their entire courtyard uh, filled with, uh, you know, their current vehicles and a whole bunch of new ones. Uh, so the one that, that, that I think they're the most excited about is the new uh, Corolla Cross. Okay. Which is basically, uh, you know the CHR, right? Yeah, I do. So think of it as a CHR. It's the same size, but it is now available in all-wheel drive. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so it's got a little, uh, like, one point, oh, let's see, is it a two-liter? Maybe a two-liter. Uh, puts out about 168 horsepower, if I recall. <coughs> Comes in two trim levels, and you can get in two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. So it's, you know, it's it's meant to keep in that kind of that renegade segment that's become red hot now. So, you know, for a long time, the midsize crossover segment was really hot, and now we've gone down one level. And it's actually pretty roomy. It's pretty boxy, pretty, you know, it's not going to make your heart pound. If I was I was saying if, if it were me, I would have called it like, you know, like forwarded with Bronco and Bronco Sport. I may have called it like a forerunner sport. But okay. they, they went with the Corolla name because, you know, the Corolla is the best-selling car ever, believe it or not. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Ever. Out, outsold, outsold the Beetle, outsold everything. I think oh, yeah. Worldwide, they sold like 32 million of them. So they went with their most popular, most successful name. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 it's like a little baby Toyota crossover uh, that competes with, like I said, the Renegade, uh, the CH, CHR. What's the kind of version of it? The HRV? Well, right, so, tiny one. so the Toyota is a CHR, right? So is it? But it competes against, it competes against that. It's no, the same that's confusing. Time. But it's it's all wheel drive, right? And it's taller. CHR is only front wheel drive, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it might be all wheel drive in Europe, but here it's only front wheel drive. So then that would be like Renegade, um, Kona, HRV, HRV, exactly. Yeah, that's a highly competitive class. So why are they selling both of them? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Never got a good answer to that. But that, that's they're kind of they're kind of you know now they have two different cars in that small crossover segment. Well, maybe they're going to um, access the HR. Maybe you know um, you know the problem with that car, of course, is it's kind of style over substance, right? It's really tight on the inside. This is much bigger, much more room. Uh, it's much more usable, right? Much more functional. It's a little bit taller. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, just family friendly, like the the the. The other the other car is uh, the CHR is a little um, is a little like you know like urban chic, whereas this is more America. Did they tell you how much it's going to cost? Uh, they did not announce pricing. Okay. So we don't know pricing. None of these none of these uh, vehicles were announced with pricing. Uh, so that was the first one, uh, and then the other one was the uh, GR86. Oh sweet yeah the little um, BRZ. Toyota version of the BRZ. Yeah, yeah and that was uh, uh, I think it's better looking, but they did not. Uh, at least listen to, to my complaint, uh, which is uh, to turbocharge it. Okay. 
Uh, so hmm. it's unfortunately not turbocharged. I want to say it's like 220, 230 horsepower, if I remember right. Rear-wheel drive. Um, but, uh, you know, the power plant Subaru Boxer, just like the previous generation. Uh, and uh, it's funny because they had, they had the Supra there, and then they had the GRE6. I'm like, okay, Subaru partnership, BMW partnership. Yeah, that's Both right. Both their, you know, most uh, venerable sports cars. Yeah, neither of them are made in-house, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, a pretty cool-looking little car. I remember there was a big stink. Do you remember? Uh, apparently, Mr. Toyota drove it. And said it was too much like a Subaru. Yeah. And and he made him go back and, and tweak it and do revisions. They didn't they didn't let us drive it. Okay. They gave us ride alongs uh, at the track in that and the other new car that they also had there, which is the IS five hundred. Now that car I'm super excited about. because uh, the IS five hundred is they shoehorned a big old V eight into that little IS. Uh, and there's a, a launch edition where they're making five hundred of these kind of like uh, Really cool, kind of like cement-colored cars, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they had the prototype there, but once again, we didn't we didn't get behind the wheel. And uh, they also had an LFA there. And speaking of the LFA, I remember when the LFA first came out, too, they did a um, ride along, uh, and I did the video and we put it up, and all of our viewers said, "What's the point? You're an automotive journalist. What's the point of riding along if you can't drive it? We don't want to, you know, we don't want to necessarily watch the video." So. I didn't do videos on them. I took that to heart. I'm like, you know, the, the viewers are right. You guys are right. I mean, my job, my professional job is to get behind the wheel and evaluate and review vehicles. And I certainly can't do that sitting in the passenger seat. You know, that 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 is that, that is like smelling, you know, that is like smelling coffee without <laughs> actually ever tasting it. Okay, you, I got you. You can't really like, like say anything intelligent or smart right about it. Yeah, it smells good. That's about all you could say. That's all you can say. Yeah, but for, is it bitter? I don't know. Is it you know, is it is it rich and body? I don't know. Right. So so I didn't do didn't do any of that. Um. So they had the uh, G eighty six. Yeah. Then they had the L. Um. What, what was it? The IS five hundred. Yes. What else did they have there? Um. Then they had a bunch of their current products. The most interesting one was uh, Toyota. Uh, you know, has been has been said to be behind the ball when it comes to electrification. Uh, and they were very adamant in saying no that they're ahead of the curve because they were the first, you know, to do the Prius and hybridize uh, their entire lineup, uh, and that's electrified as well. So that, that's true, but they have been kind of behind the ball in terms of pure electric. So they had a very, they had the very first pure electric concept. It's called the uh, BZ4X. Okay. Which guess what it is. Um, what is it? It's a mid-size crossover. That's what people it's are little, buying. It's a little bit longer than a RAV4, and it's a little bit uh, lower than a RAV4. Probably could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, you probably could have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they just had it there. It's a pretty cool-looking car, uh, and they... Um, um, didn't say anything about its specifications, but, you know, and I'm completely guessing here. Figure, <laughs> what do you think would be the range on it? 280 miles. They're targeting 300, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 0 to 60 probably in about five seconds. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you know, it's very. It looks, you know, it it, look, it looks very similar to kind of a modern and swoopy uh, Rav Four. So it's like Rav Four Prime taken to the next. Is next. this a Lexus or is this a Toyota? That's a Toyota. They also had the electric Lexus there. They had a Lexus concept, which was actually beautiful. Uh, and I forget what that one was called. It was also some crazy. I did see pictures of the Toyota, and it kind of looks like uh, a Lexus UX. I mean, it's really angular and kind of um, it's got you know really squinty headlights. So uh, I think it's pretty cool looking. I'm curious to see if the production version is going to look like that, and I can't wait to hear the the final details. Toyota like 
Stellantis or FCA has been really slow to grasp onto the full electrification. So Toyota, I think, is a leading producer of hybrids, but when it comes to full electrics, they've been way behind. Yeah, and they were they were trying to dissuade people of that notion. I'm not sure it worked. Uh, so anyway, they had it there. It was cool, I guess. And it was uh, unveiled at the Tokyo Auto Show, and it had a yoke on it. But when it came to America, it had a steering wheel. So they put a steering wheel. They on put it. a steering wheel on it. It's pretty cool. Uh, they lost the the volume knob. They put volume buttons. Oh. Yeah, I know. There's no tuning knob. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, it's gone very modern, uh, and I'm not sure. You know, that is more user friendly. It is cooler. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the buttons. I think the buttons are a no-go. And then, then the next day, uh, we had a chance to go and uh, not just go to the track, but also go uh, off-roading. They set up an off-road track, and so Andre and I actually cranked out uh, four off-road videos. Uh, we did, uh, because these were current vehicles, right? So we did, the first one we did was Tundra TRD Pro versus Toyota TRD versus Tacoma TRD Pro, okay. which is better off-road. These are all which is better. Uh, then we did uh, LX versus GX, Lexus LX versus GX, because Lexus was there, obviously. Yep, so they both. Yep, and then we also did Forerunner uh, versus Sequoia. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So I, what was your favorite one you drove that day? I love the Forerunner. Yeah, still the Forerunner? Yeah, yeah. That car is like, you know, an old friend. You you forget how, how good it is until you get reacquainted with it. Uh, and then it just it just it fits. Every, it's the right size. You know, it's that mama bear, perfect size. Um, it's just it's just a great car. You know, it does everything well. It's probably the most off-road worthy of all of those if you get the right configuration. I, I guess I drove the new Adventure, which is like one step below the TRD Pro. Did you um, drive the GX too? I did. And did you like the GX? Yeah, yeah, I like the GX. It's it's hard to tell. You know, I think the GX is the uh, is a, a Land Cruiser Prado in Europe, right? And right. the LX is a Land Cruiser. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and it, it's got identical off-roady stuff. They both have air. I think. Well, I think the, the LX might have. Is it hydraulic suspension? But anyway, they can both lower and raise themselves. Whether it's hydraulic or air, I'm not sure. Uh, they both have Toyota's crawl control. Uh, they both have a lockable center diff. Uh, uh, you know, the, the downside of both those vehicles is their approach angle is horrendous. It just, you know, it's got that big chin that just sticks down. Digs in the front, yeah. But Ivan uh, from Toyota, you know, Ivan, Iron Man Ivan, who used to race Toyotas, was there, and he was giving rides to people. Oh, that's cool. And Andre asked him what, what his favorite vehicle was, uh -huh. and he said, by far, the LX. He couldn't get him out of the LX. He was, like, the, the big flogging one? that thing around. Yeah, the big one. Because oh. they had a mud core set up, so you could go, you can go pretty quick. In this like uh, Texas field, so out of all those off-road, out of all the TRD Pros and all the vehicles they had there, that was the one <laughs> apparently you couldn't prime out of. Did you ride them around with them? I did not. Andre did. Okay, and then they also had the concept too. So they had like the Lexus LX, what the J two hundred one. Yeah, that's the name of the chassis. Okay. So uh, they called it their COVID baby because uh, during COVID, apparently they decided that they were going to build out uh, the most off-road worthy LX you could do. Okay. Uh, uh, and I did a video on that. That's up, it's already up on TFL Off-Road. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, basically, they, uh, they did everything, and they did it the way a factory would. So a new front bumper, which actually, you know, you know that LX has that spindle grill, right? Right. And it's really hard to, like, get an aftermarket bumper that would actually look and seem right with the spindle grill. Sure. Uh, so they did a bumper that actually integrated with that, stuck a worn wench into it. Nice. Uh, then they did, uh, they lifted it, of course, uh, put rock rails on it, uh, put a snorkel on it, this really cool snorkel, a Magnuson supercharger, so it was producing 550 horsepower. I want to say that that 5.7 liter that's under the hood produces 380. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so they were at 550 horsepower, 550 pound-foot of torque. 
uh, off-road wheels and yeah, tires. Looks really cool. Uh, you know, a specially built roof rack with uh, max tracks and special containers, so they weren't hanging out. Did they keep the hydraulic suspension? Yes, they kept the hydraulic suspension, and then uh, underbody protection all the way around. On the back, they did a special bumper uh, once again with integrated uh, lights and uh, two jerry cans, a ladder, a spare tire. Oh, for God's sakes, Tommy. I'm going to try this. Why don't you keep talking while I figure this out? Yeah, the pictures look really cool. So it's a black LX. Uh, it's got a unique set of wheels on it with what appears to be a uh, pretty seriously aggressive off-road tire. It's a general off-road tire. Uh, the rear bumper is a little overdone in my opinion. It's got the jerry cam mounts and it's just – it's it's – Pretty, pretty heavy. But then the ladder is cool. It's got J201 sculpted into the ladder. I mean, the LX is mechanically almost identical to the Land Cruiser, but it does share some differences. So it it does have um, hydraulic height adjustable suspension versus the Land Cruiser, which is fixed steel springs. It, like you mentioned, has the lower front end with the unique front fascia and rear fascia. The interior is a little bit different from the than the uh, Land Cruiser. But the the thing that I think a lot of us are curious about is Will we see the new LX here anytime soon? Because the 200 Series Land Cruiser LX has been around since 2008. And uh, rumor has it that the Land Cruiser is dying here in the States, but that the LX will continue. So they had the old Land Cruiser there. Uh, I'd definitely buy that, you know, the uh, Heritage Edition, right? Well, they're 80, 90 grand, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the report was, of course, there's the new one, the 300 Series, has been shown. Right. Well, uh, it's been leaked. Leaked. There are pictures like out of Malaysia of it. Yes. Right? So it's out there. Uh, and the story was that Toyota was not going to import it. Okay. Uh, because they're only selling like 3,000 Land Cruisers annually. I mean, I guess why would you buy a Land Cruiser when you can go buy a Lexus for the same price? I guess that's a thinking. But, um, but yeah, now I think Road and Track had a story uh, recently where Toyota might be bringing 300 series in. So we don't know. Okay. so and they, and they didn't say. They only sell a few thousand a year, though. I mean, I don't imagine they're making a huge profit on it. And, and you might be wondering, are they going to build this, you know, off-road LX? And the, idea, the answer is it's a concept, so probably not. Probably not, they're, no. They're using it as a showcase. They're taking it to, like, a bunch of off-road expos. Inside, I think there was, a, there was like, a, a, you know, one of those kind of uh, rail systems where you can compartmentize things. But uh, they didn't open it up, so we didn't get to go inside of it. Okay, so that was the... They parked it on a giant rock, as one always does. They <laughs> used the J201. And then I also saw they had a lot of the uh, heritage stuff, too. So I saw they had a bunch of... Um... Yeah, they had, you know what they had? They had the uh, 2000 GT. Yeah. Which, which is the first, you know... And I saw every generation of Super, I think. They had them there. No. Did you go to the they, track? No. No, I didn't go to the they track. They had them lined up at the track, apparently. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. I saw the, the 2000 GT, which is now you know a very expensive car. It was in the first James Bond film, and they had to cut the top off of it because Sean Connery was too tall. Yeah, he was too tall. That's uh, right. And then they had the uh, you know the Supra from Fast and Furious, right? Yep. Yeah, the fourth gen Supra. Yeah, the fourth gen Supra. And then they had a a, a Dan Gurney Celica that I I, I saw. And then they had a, um, a Corolla GT for back in the day. Okay. And they also had a bunch of really cool pickup trucks. Yeah, they, they did. I Hilux. saw that they had every generation yeah, of the, the, yeah. the trucks SR5, too. Five. Yeah. Yeah, that and was everything was really before cool. the Tacoma, basically. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was a big event. I mean, it was like a four-day thing, and, and it's very rare for you to be gone more than two days. And they did. There were other things I can talk about that they showed us. You can take a guess at it. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's other things that are still coming that are still embargoed. Uh, Lexus product, they unveiled a new Lexus product uh, mm. that will be, um, uh, hopefully, Andre got to shoot it today. 
so uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, hopefully that that same week, which is next week, uh, they'll be will will be un, un embargoed. Sweet. All right, let's talk about actually. You know, we didn't talk about the latest news, so let's talk about some news. Okay. Uh, we we can talk about the fact that and it's up on TFL Truck that Ford finally and officially announced that the new uh, what we're we calling it a mini truck. You call it a trucket. Um, no, Trucklet. Trucklet, yeah. Yeah, so apparently... It's going to be called the Maverick. They yeah. officially announced it. Apparently there's a new uh, little compact truck coming. Um, well, people knew that. We've had pictures of it up. We've had spy videos of it. Yes. But Ford officially said, yes, it's the Maverick. Yeah, June 8th is going to be the official reveal. So we're going to have a ton of stuff coming June 8th, including a podcast. Um, Andre had the chance to talk to an engineer, the yes. engineer behind the Maverick, actually. Yes. Um, and then we also have a, just a bunch of really neat uh, content coming. So be sure to stay tuned June 8th. I think it's the morning of June 8th, if I remember correctly. So that's really exciting because anytime there's a new Ford truck, it's very big news just because they sell so darn many F-Series and Rangers. And it's official. It's going to be the Maverick. Yeah, so that, that's, that was some big news. What else did we miss in the world? Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other big news going on this week. Well, Toyota could have owned the the, the the news cycle. Yeah, I mean, the probably the the the, the 86 was really the biggest deal, the GR86. Yeah, that was that was unveiled in Europe a while ago, so it wasn't all that new. Right. Um, People have already had reviews of it. And then it's just been more and more production delays. Aria has been, been delayed. Yeah. I guess Bronco Sport's going to stop production here for a little bit. Yeah, even the even the Tesla Plaid was delayed for like a week, I believe. Everything's getting delayed. Bronco is also delayed. Uh, oh, there's a new um, Tacoma, the TRD Pro. Yes. They uh, they updated that. Bright green. Yes. We. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I, I, I leave that to Andre to talk. You know, we have two podcasts. We have Talking Cars and... Uh, truck talk, right? Yep. And so we leave that to truck talk. But yeah, we did a video. It's, it's over on TFL Truck. You can see it. They did this like like electric green. It looks like the color the Gatorade is, uh, and you can see it from space. Uh, uh, and when we're talking about it, I might as well give you the details because there aren't many. It's like a half inch lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, new hood graphics. What else is there? New tires, I believe. Different wheels, and they stamped uh, TRD Pro into the side of the. Uh, into the bed, bed in yeah. the back of it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, other thing too, there's a new GR Supra, the A91 CF edition. Yeah, that, that was there. It's basically a lightweight track it's focus got Supra, a lot of carbon fiber everywhere. More down for I think they're only making like 600 of them, though yeah. it's going to be a limited production thing. Yeah. So if yeah, you're. But, and by the way, Andre and I did get to drive the Supra to the track. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a fun car. It's not a good. Car. It's not a good Texas car. As much as I love the Supra, what's wrong with the with uh, the Supra uh, in Texas? Because every vehicle in Texas is a truck, and like we were coming onto some road construction, and I had no clue what was happening because all I saw was the, the tail the tail end of a, of, of a bunch of pickup trucks. Oh geez. Yeah, you, and you are very low in in Texas country in a Supra, very low. Oh, there's also going to be a new Sportage. Forgot about that. There's going to be a new Sportage on June 8th, Kia Sportage. A lot going on next week, too. It's yeah, let's talk about next week. So weeks. I'm off uh, to L.A. next week uh, to drive the new Mercedes S-Class. Okay. And where are you heading to? I am going to um, – I don't even know where I'm flying to. I think it's Atlanta you're on Monday. Flying, you're not flying to Atlanta. You're flying to Detroit. I think it's in Atlanta. The, the Jeep? Well, hang you on. You were going to go to the factory That's in Detroit. That's right. No, that doesn't add up. Something doesn't <laughs> add up here. You're going to Detroit. Let's see where I'm a, going. There's a new factory that you're going to show off, and then there's a new off-road park in Detroit, I think, that you're going to go on with the new uh, Grand Cherokee. Yep, that's right. I'm going to Detroit. I'm going to um, 
Austin for something else in June. But yeah, there's going to be uh, the new Grand Cherokee L. Yes. Drive programs going on next week. So I'm going to have a chance to go check that out and see what the Grand Cherokee L is all about. That'll be pretty cool. I don't know where I got uh, Atlanta from. Yeah, Maybe I, I just really wanted to go to Georgia. And you know who else is going down south? Uh, Case from TFL Bike. Uh, he's going down with Honda to do this little like Gram festival. You know those little tiny 125s? It's a small bore festival, and he's going to go ride the brand Deploy. new Honda Gram. Deploy the monkey. There will be a few monkeys there, I think. Deploy the monkey. But it's it's like this big gathering of small bore Honda products from all around the country, and they're going to have the brand new Grom. So the Grom is this little sport bike, which is hugely popular. So I know he's very excited to check that out. He flew out this morning. Today's Friday. So lots going on. Yeah, and then uh, over the weekend, we pu- we're publishing some really fun videos. So if you want to see that new Lexus uh, concept, it'll be on TFL Off-Road. If you guys want to see the first iconlet that we've done forever, go to TFL Truck. We're publishing that on Sunday. Uh, so go and check that out. Uh, I forgot what, what two trucks. We did a whole bunch of iconlets recently, and it, you know it's a big project to do. It's a big project to edit. Uh, so the first one was published this Sunday. Uh, and uh, what else is going on? I think that's a classics video. I've got Pathfinder old versus new. Oh, that's cool. That's coming up this weekend. Yeah. That'll be pretty fun. Uh, Genesis G80 will be up this weekend, too. We just got oh, now, one delivered. Now. That's a beautiful car. Really nice yeah, car, yeah. i, I got to tell you, Tommy, uh, the Korean manufacturers, Hyundai and Kia, are just knocking out of the ballpark. I love the Ionic 5, which I got to see. Uh, and, you know... They're just, they're just, every one of their cars is now a winner. You know, they're, they're, they're really doing a good job. Uh, I think that uh, they've really uh, set the bar for what a manufacturer can do at a price point that is much lower than the competition. It's all good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I really would like to drive that Ionic 5. It's a new electric crossover SUV. Looks super cool. Very jealous that you got to play with it in person. And then we've got some new bikes at the office uh, for at the bike channel. So we've got a new Ducati uh, Desert Sled, which is a scrambler that we'll be reviewing. And then uh, two Hondas. So thank you, Honda. Yeah, we've got the uh, CRF450, and then we also have a 500 adventure bike. So tons coming up on that, too. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. The, the boys, Alex, and uh, and actually, I think Alex took over, is taking over next week, or this week, uh, the truck channel. So they had to pick up those two bikes in Grand Junction, and we had happened to have, of course, the brand new uh, Silverado Heavy Duty okay. 2500 Duramax yep. at the office. So uh, they actually went and took the Duramax and did an MPG test. And drove, which is 500 miles round trip, by the way, from here to Grand Junction and back over over the Ike Gauntlet, over Vail Pass. And the trick was, the whole trick there was, could they actually make it there and back, pick up the two motorcycles in Grand Junction and make it back on one tank of gas? And conceivably the answer is yes, because I think that's a 34-gallon tank in that Silverado. Uh, and so depending on its fuel economy, that was a challenge. Well, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's going to be up on TFL Truck very soon. Well, we'll let you get back to your Monday now, guys. Thank you for letting us interrupt it for about 50 minutes. Yes, uh, and uh, you know, let us know in the comments below what you think of the vehicle over my shoulder. Is it is it the right move for BMW, uh, or uh, did they go a little, uh, little SUV uh, crazy? All right, we'll see you next time. Ciao. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.